What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The people that created it said that it was obviously a joke. And when they were asked, why did you make this? They were like, well, we just like, Ted Cruz just sucks. Like, we hate him. Welcome back to Overshare, the podcast. Um, I'm Jocelyn with my girl, Lil. And you know what just popped into my head is, do you think we have podcasting voices yet? And is that a thing? No, because I feel like I listen to (laughs) clips of myself and I'm like, oh, God, just talk. Use your words. (laughs) (laughs) And something I notice when I listen back to the podcast is A... We're actually kind of funny sometimes. <laughs> B, I say, um, and like way too much. Need to work on that the rest of the year. And sometimes my no- my voice is annoying. But hopefully for all of you guys listening, you're not like scratching nails on a chalkboard when you're listening to us. My other problem is that um, I don't have a setup where I can plug, where I can like hear myself and hear you guys. So um, I feel like occasionally I yell because I get overexcited. No, but I think that's actually good. I don't think you should ever have a setup where you can hear yourself. Have you ever had that before where you hear yourself in your ear at a slight delay? It is the most distracting thing. I don't know how people deal with that. I tried to record something with this microphone and plug it into my computer and do it that way. But it was, I need to buy something to do it. There was a delay and it literally, I... It felt like I was having a stroke. Like I, I couldn't very record weird. voiceover and read because it it just didn't make sense. No, it makes no sense whatsoever. But Lil, what do you say we jump into today's show? Let's do it. So over it. What she said. Okay, I'm, friend. What are you over? <laughs> She's I'm ready. Over, You're ready. Yeah, You're ready. Like, uh, this came to me. I'm over that between my blankets, Max, and myself, there is fuzz and hair everywhere. (laughs) I literally, it's like, it's always in my mouth. It's in my nose. It's in my eyes. I can't like wipe my hand on something without there being hair. Oh, no. I mean, I have hair 
all over my house. It's disgusting. I'm having to like vacuum whatever all the time because yes, I'm a hairy person, but so is Chris. And he likes to cut his own hair at home in the bathroom. And there is just like, it's nasty. We also had to get our sink and our bathtub like snaked recently. And that is gross on another level. I don't even want to discuss. That feels like something he should maybe do like on the patio. Oh, his hair. Yeah, that actually would make sense. But also like, (laughs) it's so cold out there and it's so tiny. Our tiny little patio, it definitely serves the purpose, but he always is cutting his hair inside. Anyways, I do agree with you because I know your house well. You have blankets that are super cozy, but that emit so much fuzz. It's true. I feel like, and Max also is just, I need to brush him. His winter coat still. (laughs) Um, Well, for me, what I'm over is actually something that I just found out about, I think today or yesterday. And it's very upsetting for me. And that is the fact that Chrissy Teigen is apparently deactivating her Twitter account altogether. It's not like, it's just the audience is not serving her well anymore. I think people are so mean to her on Twitter specifically. She said she doesn't blame Twitter. She loves Twitter as a company and what they're doing, but that the app is just not good for her anymore. I just do not understand how she got to um, be the victim of the Epstein fake light lock situation. What? I don't even know what you're talking about. That's half the reason she gets so much hate because it's like Pizzagate people that there was like some fake flight logs from Epstein's plane that came out and her name is on it. And she's like, do the math. I would have been like 10 (laughs) at the time. Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, I wasn't there. I'm not. But she's supposedly one of like the elite pedophiles that's running the world. Give me a break. I also... Just my love for her grew even deeper because I listened to a very old interview that Oprah did on her Super Soul podcast. By the way, Melissa, uh, Melissa's our producer, for those of you guys who don't know, I would love to have Oprah come on sometime. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, put her her on the list. (laughs) I love her Super Soul show. It's really inspiring. Maybe we could get on there too. You know what? Yes, I would love to discuss like spirituality with Oprah. I think that sounds fantastic. So she had John Legend on the show when he was engaged to Chrissy Teigen. So do the math on that. It was a while ago. Did you know that John Legend started high school when he was 12 years old? He's like an actual legit genius. He's Doogie Howser. That's funny just because I know when they go on vacations that... um. Uh, who's they the... do math contests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I just love the fact that she just loves a good nerd as much as I do, who also happens to be one of the most talented, successful musicians alive. But I'm going to miss her on Twitter. I'm glad that she's doing what's best for her, but I really enjoy her content over there. And I'm really sad that she's leaving the platform, but she's really awesome on Instagram too. So not it's all good. that I don't believe her, but I think feel like has she maybe said this before maybe she'll reevaluate she has actually locked her account previously to new followers more than once and then most recently she requested to have joe biden follow her and he did and then she asked to unfollow because she just felt like like she didn't want the president following her and like only 10 other people because she just felt like she wasn't worthy or something (laughs) 
or that they'll think that she's like involved. It's uh, it's all the conspiracy people uh, right. like troll her constantly. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm glad that she's doing what's best for her, but I am going to miss her. And hopefully one day she'll feel comfortable coming back. But also in other news, have you seen that she's launching a cleaning product company with Kris Jenner? No, but wow, what a duo. <laughs> Right. I know they've been doing a lot of promo over on Instagram and it's actually hilarious. And I love a good safe cleaning product. I I guess I'm like 87 years old now, but I'm really excited to actually purchase the products. But enough about us. It's time to get to the part of the show where we hear from you guys. In case you have not received the memo, we would love to have you guys call in to our voicemail and leave us a voice message letting us know what you are over three minutes or less. Give us your name. Our number is 562-661-5729. Hi, Lily and Jocelyn. My name is Gabby. I'm from Arkansas. And I love y'all's show. It keeps me going. I listen to you guys as soon as it comes out. Um, I'm over when I go to a place to get a drink or go to the liquor store and I show them my ID. I am 22 years old. They look at the ID and then they look back at me and then they look back at the ID and maybe they play off a joke like, this isn't you. Where's your real ID? or whatever it is, and I'm just like, give me back my government-issued ID, please, sir. Like, um, yes, I'm 22 years old. Yes, I look young. Um, half Filipino. My mom is 42, and she looks young as well. Um, just like, it's so annoying. If I have my, my obviously government-issued ID, and you're checking me to see if I'm 21 years old, like, just do your job. Like, quick, try to make me feel bad for looking young. Anyways, that's what I'm over. Uh, thank you, guys. Oh, Gabby. Enjoy uh, this all, while you can, my friend. Yeah, I was going to say, first of all, you will enjoy <laughs> this later. But um, also, <laughs> you have the cutest little accent. <laughs> I know. I love her. She sounds just like so sweet. Like, I almost want to like reach out and hug this person. But you know what's funny? Do you Have you ever had issues with your ID? Yes, I, I was going to say I also uh, have looked like a child most of my life. So, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like usually also it's just like they're trying to like make conversation. So if there's anything they can say, they will. Something I didn't realize in all of the many times and many driver's license photos that I've taken over the years is that did you know you're not really technically supposed to smile in your driver's license photo? I thought that's just passports. Oh, I don't know. I smiled in everything. Obviously, it's my only one face that I have. I'm, I am too, actually. But um, yeah, no, I think so it's fine on driver's license. When I go through TSA, especially, or when, you know, I'm getting carded, which like seldomly happens anymore <laughs> at this point, I always, they they look at me and they're like, looking at me for a second. And then I realize, oh, I have to smile really big because I don't look like myself with my serious face. So I'll like look at the person, do a quick cheese moment. And then they're like, oh, okay, this is you. Go right ahead. But I didn't realize my mom told me, oh my gosh, in her driver's license photo, she's just like, I wish I wish I had an image of it, but I don't. I mean, so serious. I'd be curious to (laughs) see what my mom looks like because she's really, really bad at smiling on command. Like she does no, not really? know how to smile for pictures. I feel like if she's like having fun and it's in the moment, absolutely it's fine. But if you're like, mom, let's take like a selfie. Oh my God. 
Like <laughs> the amount of awkward pictures I have, and she knows it too. I feel like we don't talk about it very often, but literally her, she just does not know how to smile on command. Um, and oh I have a feeling that would translate really weirdly into her driver's license photo. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know who has a gorgeous photo for their driver's license and passport? Dana Ward, who has been on this podcast, who has That's the bone surprising. structure of a supermodel. Literally, you guys, her passport photo looks like a headshot for someone who's like at a top modeling agency. That's I'm like, what is this? photo of Dana looks. It's very true. And I mean, I'm happy for her because she deserves it. She's gorgeous on the inside as well. But what I will say to our friend is super annoying. I, I know that's annoying to have your license like questioned, but enjoy it while you can. Because now, don't know if this has happened to you, Lil, but when you hold up your ID, they can be like, oh, you're good. I see the one on the ID. That's all I need to see for, for the year you were born. Because people born... After the year 2000, can now have an adult cocktail beverage, which is mind blowing to me. Have you bought, I'm sure you have, um, alcohol during the pandemic? Lily, what kind yeah, of question well, is that? Have you noticed that they <laughs> kind of just like don't care? <laughs> oh, yeah. And also in my neighborhood, which is like really busy, a lot of foot traffic, there's like always police around. I mean, everybody's got open containers walking around in my neighborhood. Oh, and I feel like that's the least of their problems now. At the parks, I'm like, no one cares. It's like, oh, I'm walking down the street with a Vizzy or something. People are like, good for you. Live your life. No one Can cares. I, uh, why is that such a thing that it's like, I feel like open container laws are kind of dumb. I feel like it's so there's not just like drunk people everywhere, but I like that wouldn't be the case. Because on the flip, like, what's the option? Like, then you want people to get in their cars and drink in there. I mean, because we can't go places right now. So I feel like that's why the laws have been so lax. Because like a, a lot of restaurants are just selling like, oh, here, buy a cocktail and you could take it to go. That's really been popular during COVID. I always think that's weird. I'm like, especially where it's like, oh, cold beers to go. I'm like, okay, well, that feels like a little expensive, probably for a single yes. beer. <laughs> And why wouldn't you just go to like exactly, your local grocery than store? Like, uh, stock up, get a 30 rack. Exactly. Um, so, Gabby, I wish you the best. I'm sorry about this struggle that you're going through with your government issued ID, which I'm going to start calling mine a government issued ID as well. I've never like, referred to my driver's license as that. I feel like mine's probably expiring soon. I haven't taken yeah. a new photo in a long time. Yep, just got mine. Didn't have to take another photo. It's the same photo that's been on there probably for 15 years. Really? <laughs> yeah, whatever. I basically look as the same as I did in eighth grade. So well, that's like, nice because you avoid going to the DMV. Exactly. At all costs, avoid going yeah. to the DMV. And if it's you do worst. have to go, you better make an appointment or else you're just going to regret all of your choices in life. It's true. Anyways, Lil, today I'm very excited about the guest that we're having on. It's someone that we have known for many, many, many years. She is blowing up all over the place and especially on TikTok, which you know I have a lot of questions about. And she has a lot of information that I know you're going to want to discuss regarding conspiracy theories. So without further ado, let's welcome her. <laughs> All right, you guys, I am personally so excited, honestly, selfishly, just to be able to hang out with someone who has been a friend for so long and also welcome her into the Overshare podcast ecosystem. Is that a thing? I don't know. Maybe it is now. Ecosystem. Joining us for the first time on this show is, like I said, a longtime friend, Erin Darling. 
Taralva. Welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I've been binging this podcast and I love it. I'm always like laughing out loud when I hear you guys go on rants and stuff. You answer our question though. Uh, Then uh, do we have podcast voices? No, I don't think so. I mean, but I've known you guys like outside of the podcast. So I feel like when I listen to the podcast, it feels like I'm just hanging out with you guys. Good. I like So that. I don't get that vibe. Why did someone make an accusation? Do I need to beat someone up? No, I don't even know if podcast voices are good or bad thing. But um, Jocelyn was saying that her voice annoys her when she listens back. Yes. I made an accusation against myself. Yes. That my voice needs <laughs> a Jocelyn's little bit of work. After her. Um, and it's crazy, but Aaron, your voice on your podcast, gotta give a plug right at the top, Hot Pizza Ass, which by the way, is the best name of any program <laughs> on any medium at all. Um, you have a great voice. Like you are Thank a legitimate you. voice person, right? You're like a voice person. You yeah. do voice acting. <laughs> I do. I do voice acting. And um, you know what's weird is I've learned something strange. I did voice training. And when I did voice training, I felt like my voice got worse. And so it's one of those things I just kind of feel like the more natural and authentic your voice is, the better it sounds to people. Because the second I started working on it, I swear I got way... I was like not good anymore. I was like trying to be something else. For people Which is that, like a life theme, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. For people that uh, don't know, what does voice training involve? Okay, so I took this class and it was like we would lay on the floor for like 30 minutes. And we would <laughs> I love breathe. it. It's so LA Sounds already. Great. It's my I kind love of it. class. <laughs> it's so LA. So we'd be like breathing in your diaphragm and like like the like the guy could listen. He like he was like, oh, I can already tell you're in your throat. Like there's something going on here. And it's so interesting because what I learned was, well, first of all, the exercises are helpful if you continue to do them. But what I learned is people are so emotionally connected to their voice. Like there are people that would cry or they would have these moments of release or sometimes like people are really uncomfortable with their voice. It's breathing too. Yeah. Even you saying that like, oh, you have to lay on your floor or lay on the floor and breathe into your diaphragm. I just learned how to breathe into my diaphragm like (laughs) recently. And it's been like a huge development with my back pain because I like didn't realize I was like like holding everything up here. And I like was never able to take a deep breath. Right. That's one thing that I learned too. I learned that I don't really take deep breaths. And also sometimes I stop breathing. All the I'll time. I'll be holding my breath for like a minute. And <laughs> literally all the like, time. Oh, I need to breathe. It's That's so weird. That's my chiropractor weird. was like, okay, take a deep breath. And I'm like, <gasps> and he goes, what do you know? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I took a deep breath. He goes, are, really? Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Cool. Awesome. Oh my gosh. No, it's crazy. But I feel like before we jump into all of the many things you're doing, we kind of pride ourselves on the show on having guests that are friends who are so multi-hyphenate. And you have added a lot of hyphens since the last time I saw you. So we have a lot to discuss. But we met many, many years ago when you were working with us at Clever. Do you remember those days? How crazy was that? I know it was crazy. And Jocelyn, I think, I don't know if we met, but I knew you from before from Blaze. You were at Blaze (gasps) too, right? Oh my gosh, Blaze. Okay, so it's so funny that you bring this up because we had Dana Ward on this podcast a while back. That's a very abusive one. 
Uh, <laughs> yes, I interviewed Gary Busey. So did Dana. It was one of our most memorable career moments. But Blaze was a place that all the up and coming hosts at that time, yourself included, by the way, all those people are like, if they want to be working, all of them are still working in this biz. But it was the shadiest place, but the best place to learn and like hone your craft. But it was like under the freeway. And I think they were printing counterfeit money there. Did they really? Pay you? <laughs> I got, how much do we get paid like five dollars an hour like I don't know it was very minimal yeah. but it was a great experience we didn't get paid a lot but honestly like and I listened to Dana's episode and I loved it because that's funny that we all started back there but <laughs> yeah like when you work as anyone in entertainment when you're starting out like whatever field it is you are probably going to end up working for free for sometimes a very long time. So even to get a little bit of money, it was like so validating. And I felt really professional and they had studios and green screens. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so great. And then, uh, yeah, I remember it was kind of shady. And I, I kind of live in that area, to be honest, where those old studios were. And every time I drive yep. by it in that weird little cul-de-sac, I like think about those days and uh, how far we've come. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it was actually a really like cool opportunity. And some of the people that were like our direct superiors are very successful now, but it suddenly just one day shut down and like all of our shows were canceled. And I was like, what just happened? But it then thankfully, the money yeah, I don't know, but it, we all moved on and that brought us all back together at Clever. And you were one of the hosts at Clever Movies, I think like early days, very early days, because it was when I was still in the closet because I were not in not in that closet. <laughs> Do you have an announcement to make? <laughs> no. But uh, Lisa and I, our office was literally not a real room. It was like where all the servers were. And they would um, <laughs> somehow also shove an extra desk in there to have people audition. And I remember when you first came in. Yeah. So yeah, I could have even still been unpaid intern. Speaking <laughs> that, of not making money. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a, like, that was a really long time ago. And I remember, um, how weird that whole situation was too, um, being at clever. And when I was, when I knew I was going to be on this podcast and, and, uh, we were talking about things I could overshare and, you know, my podcast is a lot about body positivity and stuff like that. And there were some moments at clever where I remember feeling like, Oh, I don't like, I don't really look like these girls. I don't really fit in. And because everyone had like long hair and I had short hair and everyone was like super small and I've always been like kind of curvy and I was like, and I would, there was a rack of clothes that we could wear, you know, if we needed to change outfits multiple times a day or whatever. And I remember one day having this experience where there was this dress that I tried to wear and my boobs got completely messed up in the dress. They were lopsided. Like, I don't even know why. I don't know why I put on that dress. I don't know if I didn't look in the mirror or something, but I like, I remember seeing the video after and I was like, oh my God, like I look so crazy. And a lot of our shooters, the guys that would film the videos are dudes. So like no one was ever going to tell me like, hey girl, you know, there's something going on there. You might want to check it out. But I just remember feeling like so weird about my body, especially like in those moments where it's like wearing other people's clothes and like realizing like, okay, I don't really like fit Honestly, into any of this. I, I, when you were saying that, I was like, you mean you had style and I was wearing the same Justin Bieber shirt every day for two years. When you and said honestly, clothing rack, all I could think of was Twilight t-shirts. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's right. Yeah. It was but so we, funny. We did have this deal for a while where Forever 21 was so gracious to let us. And there was someone on the team. I don't know who it was. It was definitely not me because I was too busy. I could never leave the office. 
but there was somebody who would leave and we would get $300 in credit to to Forever 21 to supply clothes for like 15 people. And we would all share the same shirt. We would all wear the same shirt. It was so gross. Wasn't it like an intern? Like, because I think by the time we got money, I was hired. So I, and no one would trust me to do it. Slash, I probably refused. But I think it was literally like no one wanted to and an intern would go pick the clothes. So they had like absolutely zero investment in what they were choosing. And it was just like, oh my God, here's some clothes. There you go. Someone else will wear these. Oh my gosh. You you probably honestly dodged a bullet that was like full of BO and other people's like skin particles. So Uh, not to mention in terms of the shooters, they were all guys until like until beauty break. I feel like finally we had <laughs> I vividly remember we had um this uh, girl, Robin, who we absolutely loved. And I remember they asked us, like, how did today go? And it was after shooting a full day of beauty break episodes. And we were like, we haven't seen the footage. So, I mean, <laughs> hard to say, but uh, love her. She's great. She can come back because we would st- uh, be about to shoot and she'd be like, oh, Lily, you have like a little mascara on your face or uh, there's hair, like a hair sticking up in the back. <laughs> Do you think years of these guys shooting us, I would have something on my teeth, something like you'd have the most blatant thing on your face. And then you see the footage later and you're like, there were four people watch- shooting this and watching and no one said anything. Like, they just didn't didn't pay attention. Yeah, I know. That's the problem with having all the dudes around. It's like when you don't have like a mirror and you don't have a girl that's like has your back, you're kind of just like in no man's land, just hoping that your like boobs aren't falling out. (laughs) And then when they are, that video is on the internet forever and you don't own it. And it's like, holy crap. Do you guys ever have moments where you're like, I'm in so many videos. Don't ever, the- don't ever think about it. It's too much. It's terrifying. <laughs> I, I mean, don't honestly, ever at, least, think about I, it. at least I have like touched all of the ones I've been in. Like I usually edited them. So I, I have know not. what's out there. You, I have not. No. You, that was Absolutely not. No. Like there was a video that came up on my feed the other day that was a clever video that was like four years old. I have no idea why. Um, And it was, I recognized it because I had made the thumbnail and it was literally like <sighs> people that have dissed Ariana Grande. I didn't click on it. I don't know who was hosting it, but it had like, like millions of views. And it's I'm like, terrifying. It's actually terrifying. I posted a lot of stuff. I know. Yeah. And, and since then, Aaron, like, okay, I have so many questions for you. So you started your podcast over a year ago. Congratulations. Thank um, you. For people who haven't listened, since this is a podcast, you guys go subscribe to Aaron's podcast, listen to it because like you're a hilarious human being. <laughs> but you have like a bachelor's degree in journalism from one of the top journalism schools in the country. So not only is she a hot pizza ass, she's also very intelligent. She's got brains. <laughs> the thing that I think that is so cool about the conversations you have is that they're very relatable, but also very smart. Um, how do you describe the podcast to people? Oh, well, first of all, thank you. That's so sweet of you. Um, you know, I try to think of it as I started it off because I really did want to talk about body image and body positivity and kind of speak about my experiences that I kind of was, I never felt like qualified or like I was should speak about stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then I realized I really do want to talk about um, things that I've gone through in a more like relatable, maybe deep level, because that's the thing is when those first couple of episodes start coming out and I started talking about like, you know, having body image issues or the times I had eating disorders and stuff like that, people were like, 
oh my God, this is a completely different side of you. Like I know like the funny, silly side of you and all the other type of content that you do, but I didn't even know that this was something that you experienced or something that you'd want to even talk about. And that was really good to hear for me because I think that sometimes when you work in entertainment, you have this entertainment persona that you put Mm -hmm. on a lot and that's fine. Like that gets you work, that gets you noticed. Uh, People like that, but sometimes people don't want to like deal with the other stuff. So I really wanted to create a safe space to kind of talk about the other stuff of life and the challenges that people overcome to become the people that they are today. So that's kind of how I would describe it. It's like not all of the episodes are fun and like silly, but I think they're all good. And every time I interview someone and they get vulnerable or they share a story that I think could benefit someone else, I, I'm so proud that I'm doing that type of work now, you know, because I'll always be able to do comedy. I mean, with the exception of a pandemic, I'll always be able to do stand up and do stuff like that and like bring that other side of me to whatever I'm doing. But having a platform where I can kind of like be more serious if I want or talk to people about things that matter to me, that matter to humanity, like let's do it. <laughs> and that I think that's such a reflection of life and, and how we are as human beings. Just because you work in the comedy world doesn't mean you also don't experience a wide array of emotions just like other every other living human being. But I'm curious, as someone who comes from the comedy world, what has the reaction been from like that community specifically? Is there a, is there a lot of content and a lot of creators that are sort of leaning into showing other sides of themselves? Or is that still very uncommon in that so, world specifically? Because also not to mention comedians, I feel like are notoriously very like sad people on the inside. For sure. I mean, I feel like whenever I see a comic be really vulnerable on stage or uh, they, I see them talk about things that they've gone through in their posts, I will reach out and ask if they want to do the show or to talk about their experiences because... You know, I think that, you know, comics do have like a, a hurt, a hurt side, a hurt energy, a sad energy to them. Funny sometimes. people have gone through trauma. <laughs> yeah. And I think that also being a comedian, that's kind of the way that a lot of people deal with trauma. Um, you don't even have to be a professional comedian to use comedy as a way to deal with hard things in life. We For all sure. do it. So I think that when I see it in someone or I think like, oh, man, they have a great story. I wonder if they'd be comfortable sharing it. They're almost always receptive. And it's really fun because we bond. Like, I feel like I found like my comedy people through doing that podcast. And it's like, I just want to support them more. And then I noticed them supporting my stuff more. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like real recognized real. It's a deeper, it's a deeper connection. <laughs> I think it's definitely a deeper connection. And also like, I just have to know, I don't think, well, so Lily and I befriended years ago, Angela Johnson. So I was going to say, I feel like you're the only stand-up comedian I've ever talked to. But how do you do stand-up comedy without actually peeing your pants? Because obviously <laughs> I'm very comfortable being in front of people and making videos. And, you know, I definitely feel good about that. But stand-up comedy, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you can successfully do that without urinating on yourself, you can actually do anything. Am yeah. I right? <laughs> I think so. I think you are right because the reason is, I mean, first of all, you get used to it. And, um, but I still get nervous. Like every time I still get stage fright. There are some venues that scare me more than others. There are some um, opportunities that freak me out more than just like getting on stage period. But when you really think about it, it combines two things that are very, very difficult for people like public speaking. Like a lot of people freak out about doing that. It's like the biggest fear that people have besides like dying, you know, it's like actually speaking. true. That's crazy. Yeah. 
it's not even exaggeration. Like speaking <laughs> in public is very, very difficult for people. So it's like combining that with also like the professor, the the professor, the professional pressure <laughs> to I get it. I like it. The professor to uh let's put that on a shirt, you guys. That's funny. To make people <laughs> laugh. Like you they actually not only do you have to stand and talk, but you actually have to make people laugh. And if you don't, and that's the expectation, it can feel really awful for you and also for the people watching you. It's like embarrassing all around. And so it's like managing a lot of emotions at the same time and and also not putting pressure on yourself because if you have all this pressure on yourself, you're no longer fun to watch. So it's like combining like rehearsed material with spontaneity and just kind of not giving a fuck, like releasing and remembering to breathe. Like what the hell is hard? <laughs> oh, I would literally probably pass out because I just wouldn't <laughs> breathe the whole time. Um, and also I feel like for stand-up comedy in general, like if you're like a comedian on, for example, like a YouTube channel or something, or if you had a show, it's like the demographic will find that. But I feel like stand-up comedy, you're getting kind of like a wide array of people. So you have to have it be like funny to a wide array of people, which is even harder. Yeah, it's definitely difficult. But that being said, you do kind of get used to it. And the more reps you get under your belt, you kind of you're like, okay, I think I got this. And then you also care less about the expectation or about like the outcome, which is kind of like any art form, right? Like the Mm -hmm. less fucks you give, the better you are at being present and the better you are at being authentic and just being you. And that's what people really like to watch. It's kind of like, I think we saw this like all coming up through YouTube. We've seen so many content creators just kind of be themselves. And some people don't get it. They're like, why is this entertaining? But like people love them, you know, (laughs) like like they find their like passionate (laughs) audiences sometimes. And that you're just like, they're just being them. Like this isn't even necessarily great content, but they're just being them and people found them and they love them. It's that, powerful. Honestly, Megan and I did a reacting to old beauty break episodes and the whole time we're just like being especially hard on ourselves. We're like, who would watch this? Like we're so weird. People. We're so boring. And we're like three million views. Like that's absolutely insane. And people were commenting and they were almost getting mad being like, how dare you guys? I like, yes, it might not have been the greatest show ever, but like you guys were entertaining for me during a time that it was hard or something. And it's like, oh, that's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> but, and that's, I feel like Beauty Break got to its peak definitely because we all were just kind of like uploading, thinking no yeah. one was watching. I mean, I think people <laughs> just in general, especially at this point in time when we're so inundated with content, like everywhere we look, people just crave like something real in general, like the way that There's we so grew many up, people trying to like, manufacture stuff, even even like Aaron talking about those early days at Clever, which like by the end, it was like a completely different place than it was in that era. Like all of us were trying to like fit into this, like, oh, I want to look like I'm on E! News and I Julie have to get Ramsic. my I want to get my extensions and like my eyelash, like, whatever just so many things and I think by the end it was just like at least with me I was like can I wear like a flannel pajama on this show because that just feels like where I'm at right now but you've now cultivated this whole new audience that I just like oh my gosh I'm so blown away by what you have done on TikTok and (laughs) not just growing an audience for yourself but for like a real brand it's called Conspiracy Seriously. You and Lily both love conspiracy theories, so you could go off on this forever. <laughs> but you were even recently um, in an article by Thrive, which is an amazing publication 
um, from our friend Ariana Huffington, who we, we don't know her, but um, I feel like you <laughs> might know her at some point in the near future. But what's it been like doing something? I mean, that is like, first off, congratulations. And secondly, cultivating this new audience, like how, what, when, where, please help me understand. Okay, so it's a story that started a couple of months ago <laughs> in the pandemic where I had plans to film a movie and mm. all this stuff. You know what I mean? Like I was like doing stuff that I'm actually like long-term stuff that I actually wanted to do. The whole world shut down and the girl who I wrote, um, her name is Megan. Uh, this whole like film that we were going to do, she and I were like, well, guess that's not happening. Is there something else we can collaborate on? And all day long, we would send each other these weird conspiracy articles and weird news. And we'd be like, oh, my God, what the hell? And we would just discuss these things for fun just because we liked them and thought they were interesting. So we was like, I wish decided, I could be in that group chat. <laughs> <laughs> I know you should be. Come join us. But yeah, we were kind of like, you know what? What, what if we just kind of tried this on TikTok? I think it might work. And and I was right. It did work and it blew up really, really quickly, which is really cool. But the whole experience was interesting because, you know, conspiracy culture has really become a thing. Like, this like past there's year. A, I know there's a big conspiracy community on TikTok. Yeah, there is. And you know what's so interesting about it is that I feel like I've noticed a lot of, I mean, I don't want to like hate on content creators, but there's a lot of uh, negativity when it comes to conspiracies because. TikTok creators will just like talk about this stuff like it's true. Yeah. And we just kind of didn't want to do that. We didn't want to do anything that was too inflammatory or dangerous, especially with an election. So right. we wanted to just solely do the pop culture ones, like the ones you could discuss at a dinner party and not want to murder someone after, like not get in a fight with someone about, right? So we wanted to be really specific about it. And that's what we did. And I think that that's what works on TikTok, really. It's just kind of like being specific about one thing. And so we kind of, it just ended up working out, really. But um, but yeah, it was been it was really cool to kind of have this idea and this experiment and to actually really commit to it because at, in the beginning it was hard. It was like, is anyone gonna find this before you get 10k on TikTok? It's like making content in a void, and you have to make a lot of it. And I remember being so discouraged, and I'd be like talking to my boyfriend, being like, "This is so dumb. Like, why am I even doing this?" And he was like keep doing it, trust the process, blah, blah, blah. You made this commitment. I'm just like, this is so lame. But then it ended <laughs> up paying off, which has been kind of amazing if you think about it. It's like rewarding so when did, in a way. when did you guys actually like really officially start? Because you have over 160,000 followers, which is crazy because on TikTok, correct me if I'm wrong, it's also just as much about like likes and views or whatever as it is about like followers or subscribers or whatever you want to call it. But you like just started this. Yeah, we started it, I think, in mid-November. And then we kind of blew up really, really quickly in the first like two to three months is when we got the majority of our subscribers or uh, likes and everything like that. And then we've just been kind of following through and creating more content and the growth slowed down and became like a little more normal. Um, but for that time when it was just like fast paced, we were like, what? Like every time we opened our phone, it was like tons of notifications and we couldn't even like keep track with like comments and stuff like that. And like there were threads that got out of control over certain things that were kind of like start to go viral. We're like, what? we had no idea. Like it seemed like there was no rhyme or reason. Um, but that being said, we learned a lot 
Yeah, I that's, can only TikTok imagine. is such a different beast, it feels like. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. And now we're at this point where it's kind of like, we're also making so much content that we're kind of like, okay, how do we like deviate a little bit, but also stay in the same lane? Like, like last week we did ghost week. So we're just like, yes, let's find weird themes. ghost stories and did that for a little bit. And then like, we'll circle back and come back to doing more conspiracy debunking or pop culture stories and things like that. So it's kind of like trying to figure out how this is going to be sustainable for, you know, long-term. We're always like worried about like, ending. if I I'm happy to send you uh, pitches for topics if you need any extra. Please. Please do. I feel like, yeah. Erin, you guys should you guys should do like international week or something. Like start oh, diving into wow. other like cultures, other countries. Like you could educate all of us about like the conspiracies of the world. I don't know. That's a really good idea. <laughs> international week. We would probably do like movie week. Like there's so many weird film related oh, ones. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I I have a few. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what what would you what would you say has been like your favorite or one where you're like, whoa, like I didn't really know that much about this. And now I feel like this is creepier than it ever was. Or like this conspiracy is real. Like what is there like an unsolved mystery that you feel like is your life's passion to solve at this point? That is such a great question because I love mysteries. Um, I don't know if there's one in particular that I'm like, I want to solve, but there've been a couple that I find like really, really captivating when it comes to the conspiracy world. Like for example, I think like there's two categories that really fascinate me. And one of them is the category of ones that actually turn out to be real, that you're like, no way is that real. And then it's real. And then the category of this is very clearly debunked. Why are people still talking about it? So uh, that's personally yes. the reason I love conspiracies is because I love I, I I'm like, I don't actually love like physical puzzles, but like I love <laughs> being able to like connect the dots and piece stuff together. So I love hearing something so absurd that you're like, how could people have possibly logically gotten to that point? And then like tracing it back. And then I always say, as soon as you've gotten to shapes and math equations, you've gone too far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> No, totally. It's so weird. Like one of the, my favorite ones that was like very clearly debunked is Ted Cruz is the Zodiac killer. And <laughs> I haven't looked into that one, but I've seen it quite a bit. I've done a lot of research on that one in particular because I was like, clearly they're not like they're not even the same age. They also people <laughs> also believe that uh, Ted Cruz is Robert Kardashian. What? So really? Oh, my gosh. I hadn't heard that's that. My favorite are like the celebrities that have been replaced. Like yeah. Avril Lavigne, not Avril being Levine. Avril Lavigne. <laughs> it's like, it's so wild. And then so like, for example, Ted Cruz is a Zodiac killer. People still talk about this like ad nauseum and the way it started was a meme. And the people that made the meme, um, I actually found articles where it's like someone traced it back, found out who released this meme like a couple years ago. The people that created it said that it was obviously a joke. And when they were asked, why did you make this? They were like, well, we just like Ted Cruz just sucks. Like we hate him. <laughs> And That's they just hilarious. made it. Yeah. But then it's, people have found like evidence to support it. Yeah. It's been like very publicly debunked. Like articles have been written. Journalists have done the research. But, but like, like aside it's not, from the original meme, what is anyone's reasoning to believe it? Like, is there anything that's kind of like, oh, that's weird. Ted Cruz made a joke about it once. And uh, I think that people kind of people love it when the celebrities themselves yeah. like nod to it. Like it, Katy yeah. Perry did that, too, with the John Bonet Ramsey thing where she was hosting <laughs> an event or something. And she made some sort of joke about being 
uh, John Benet Ramsey, and there was already that existing conspiracy theory. But people point to that as evidence. It's like this is not evidence, people. <laughs> I haven't. I. I haven't personal like I've watched a few like Vice videos on it and I know like generally what Q is about, but <laughs> I just found out recently because I had looked into it very surface level of just like the most damning evidence. And I do remember being like, that is kind of weird when they'd be like the Q person would post like something like he's going to say tip top is the code word or whatever. And then like literally <laughs> a few months later, he's it's Easter and he's like, we keep it in tip top shape. We call it tippy top. And it was so weird how we kept repeating it. I am not an avid Donald Trump watcher until I had to be. Um, so I wasn't aware. Apparently that is something he has said like for years. It's like a weird term. He just happens to like that is very Throw out there. Characteristic to Donald Trump. So whoever was doing it was like, oh, well, he'll say it again eventually. And they just knew to like plant it in advance. And I feel like it's a similar situation is that that is what really sends people is because like Trump himself confirms it. And it's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> is that confirmation though? But Erin, that reminded me, and I'm curious to know from you because TikToks are so avidly shared on like all other social platforms, but especially I feel like on Instagram stories, I see them a lot. You made a TikTok that I'm not kidding you. I saw literally everywhere, probably because I love Britney Spears and I'm like the same age as her. So all my friends are too. Um, the Britney Spears TikTok seen round the world. First <laughs> off, what that's kind of like outside of what you guys have been doing, right? What do you say? Like just the, the apology thing that you made. Well, the apology is um, what Jocelyn's talking about is I made this apology video called I'm Sorry, Brittany, and I put it on our TikTok channel um, and it did kind of blow up and go viral and a lot of people shared it. But um, it's kind of it's related to what we do because there are so many Britney Spears conspiracy theories. People True. are always talking about her and there's a lot of TikTok communities that are obsessed with this. <laughs> and a lot messages. of it. Right. And it's so interesting because like Britney is so like she's a huge celebrity, but she's so secretive and we really don't know what's going on. And like the everything that's going on with like her legal situation, like we probably won't for a very long time. So it's very easy to speculate. So there's a lot of people that talk about conspiracies or what's going on or who's involved and blah, blah, blah. So we have talked about that a couple of times on our channel. But when I saw the Britney Spears, Framing Britney Spears, New York Times documentary <laughs> uh, that you guys can watch on Hulu, I was filled with, um, you know, sadness and also shame because yeah. of working in the yeah. entertainment industry and, you know, probably making videos about her, you know, and right. having judgments about her because that's kind of what was going on in culture and media at the time, you know, like a celebrity culture was very, like people that consumed it 1 million percent. That's me. And then I also became someone that created content about that. So I felt really bad and I wanted to make this apology video. And I was so upset, not only for, you know, for her, but also I just felt like so many people owe her an apology. And like, we did not listen. Like the signs were all there. I we did not see them. Everyone like collectively watched that and was like, it's like when you watch a movie and there's an inappropriate joke that you didn't notice the first time around and then you watch it when you're older and you're like oh my god how did I not notice that that is how it is about Britney it's like how how did everyone just like act like it was a joke okay I know yeah. 
Yeah. And, uh, and it's just, I'm so glad that our collective notion of mental health and, you know, people going through difficult times, like this is all changed. The the conversations that we're having now, much of a creation it's made. Totally. We weren't having these conversations even like three years ago, really, to this Mm -mm. extent. So it's kind of amazing the way that it shifted. But back then we all made fun of her. I remember seeing and buying some of those like Us Weekly magazines. And in my time hop, something came up. It was like a picture when I was in college. And it was like a picture of Brittany on, you know, in her car or something, a paparazzi image. And it was like time bomb. And I just remember thinking like, oh my gosh, like that's uh, what's going on with Brittany. I want to know, like, what did she fuck up? And it's like, it's not, that was the way the media talked about her. And no one had sensitivity to what she was going through, like her divorce and her custody battle and like being so high profile at a really hard time, you know? The first like celebrity, like gossip website that I ever followed was because my sister did. And it was um, Perez. And it was when he was like, really, really mean to everyone, too. And that was like, it was hilarious. Like, yeah, I remember reading. Time, no uh, one would ab- absolutely that would not fly now. Yeah, I would read um, The Superficial. I don't know if you guys ever read that one, but it would just That's, like roast. Yes, I remember that from back yeah. in the day. Yes, it would roast celebrities and just like take a paparazzi picture, kind of similar to Perez, but it would like, you know, just talk about them and uh, in unflattering ways often. And I think that we all kind of had this notion of when someone's famous, we're allowed to make fun of them. And in a way, that's kind of true. Like, it's kind of like even the way that you think about like the way that media works or images work, like with, in terms of like fair use and copyright, it's like the harder it is to prove any of that. Like if anyone has a dispute, the more public you are. And so we all had this idea of kind of like, well, I guess it's like, what a fair game. but really, this is someone's life. And their issues are real. And I think you really struck a chord with, which is so crazy to like, you struck a chord with your TikTok. Because I think (laughs) a lot of like older millennials and people that are even older are like, oh, whatever. But it's like, you're able to touch and reach so many people on a platform like TikTok. And I think that video really struck a chord with so many people because like I said, I saw it shared so many places. But I'm curious from you whether it's that video or another one, like who has shared your content or reacted to your content that you were just like, whoa, I can't believe that person. Like, is is there anyone, whether it's like someone that you really respect in the comedy or the conspiracy world or like an, an actor or someone like that, that's seen your content? Is there anybody that stands out? I don't know, because there's not ever like, first of all, I really heavily for someone that works a lot with socials, I limit my time there heavily for my own mental health. So I have time limits on all of my social apps. I don't spend more than an hour and a half. So that being said, I miss a lot of content. I miss a lot of replies and a lot of shares. So I really only see it if it's in like maybe Twitter is kind of an easier way to keep up with stuff like that. But like I kind of I sometimes I don't even know who's seeing or sharing my stuff. And I kind of like it better that way, to be honest with you. Like I love to see the comments and react. And I try to read and keep up with as much of it as I can. But that being said, like I'm a human and I need to take care of myself first. And I do Absolutely. feel like right socials can be For such sure. a toxic environment. <laughs> I know for me, I feel like on socials, I feel like I have two, I'm like, if I'm posting something, I have like that mindset or I have like that I'm scrolling mindlessly and looking at other people's stuff, but not usually doing both at the same time. 
I have to like shift into either year. You're the second person though this week who I've talked to or heard talk about setting time limits on social media accounts. And I've never done that, but I would love to. I definitely don't have trouble stepping back from it, but you don't realize how much time you waste with like the mindless just scrolling. And that can't be good for you mentally, but also I feel like it's bad for your eyeballs and I'm aging and I need my vision. You know, (laughs) I think also as like a creative person, I know that for me, it's nice to like, when you finish something, I like to just like finish it and be like, okay, like go away, like put it out in the world and then like shut it off, not sit there and just like dwell on comments and stuff. Yeah, I would love to hear from you guys what you guys do to manage your mental health and uh, your interactions on socials and everything you do because you you two are also very like public people in this world creating content and putting it out there. And, you know, I'm sure like you have a very positive community because that's just like what you guys both bring to the table is like so much fun and positivity and good energy. So of course the people that like you are going to be in alignment with that. But at the same time, it's like, I know it's kind of like, it can become, it's like a 24 seven job, but we all have lives and we all have other commitments and it's hard for me. So I I would love to hear how you guys do it. (laughs) Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head with the first part, which is like even working at Clever, even though we did do entertainment news, like the goal was always to try to be, you know, providing information in a positive way. And that's definitely, I think for Lily and I, both of the kind of content we create separately, but also together. So like positivity usually breeds positivity. Like people who want to like fight and like be, you know, mean, don't probably really want to follow us because it's just not really our jam as much. That being said, obviously, you're going to get trolls. That's just like a part of this job. But for me personally, I'm big on like going outside. Like, (laughs) I know that sounds like so simple, but just going and being outdoors without your phone and like not looking at your phone, but like looking around and just being present in nature, I think is like one of the best things you can do. And Mm -hmm. that's like having a real human experience. that's not virtual. That's like a small thing, but that's something that I feel really changes my mood and my energy and like gives me a perspective outside of this little bubble that we're in, you know? Yeah. I think, um, I don't remember when you mentioned it, Joss, but I feel like you like breezed over one day that she's like, yeah. And I was ranting on Instagram. Like Jocelyn's never (laughs) ranted about anything in her life, but I think um, that's, uh, and I don't, I wouldn't, I think I go on rants in real life, but I've never been one to like be posting. Like I don't usually use my socials as like a diary. That's just never. And I think it's just not growing up like with Twitter and like high school and stuff. I didn't start using it until I started working at Clever that if anything, I would say Twitter is my most like ranty or like pointless thoughts that I'll just throw out there. But I think both of us have always been using it more as just sharing what we're doing and that we just happen to work all the time. It was always like a bunch of work stuff that we were always together. So it Mm -hmm. seems like you're sharing a lot, but I wasn't, I don't feel like I've ever shared like a ton of like if I was going out with friends after work or something. You know, yeah, and so, now you guys do a podcast about sharing. Yeah, <laughs> so sharing. It's just like I feel like we'll tell stories and stuff, and I don't even realize that it's stuff that we haven't talked about on camera before. Because I also feel like when we were filming stuff at Clever, it never really felt like we were. We did like put stuff up and then forget about it, and then it was just on to the next thing. So I feel like it was just 
almost didn't feel like we were filming at all. <laughs> like, yeah, I forget yeah. that all that stuff is even public. It's so weird because for me, and I don't know how you guys feel, but well, especially for you, Erin, because it has been a long time. But for me, I feel like all of that was so long ago. I feel like, and it's only been a few years, but I do feel like very removed from it, which is very strange. Um, but I, I do, I am like curious to get back to your podcast and talking about body positivity and even what you were saying about like, you know, three years ago, people weren't talking about this. I mean, let's talk about 10 years ago. No one was talking about body positivity, like really at all, um, or mental health or so many other things that are now thankfully at the forefront. But why would you say for you that that was a, a topic that you wanted to really focus on? Was it something just because of what you had gone through, like working in the entertainment industry? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been in at this for a really, really long time, even before I knew I wanted to be a host. Like I worked a lot as a model and I also did pageants. Oh my gosh. We could discuss that at length, I'm sure. Oh my God. I have stories, so many, but... I was I was constantly being told to be smaller, get smaller, get as small as possible, like all the time, even when I would like lose a ton of weight. There was always like this expectation that you could get smaller or that before the pageant, you should not drink water because that, you know, you won't look as cut and you won't be able to see your leg muscles or your ab muscles, like all this stuff constant. Right. And for me, I feel like if it wasn't explicitly said, it was implicitly implied that you needed to be very small to be successful. I internalized that and I believed that it was true for a very, very long time. And I think in a lot of ways it did hold me back and it prevented me from really being authentic and really embracing myself and like self-love and stuff like that. Like I, I guess I kind of hated myself. Like I always wanted to be something else or a smaller version of me or a different version of me. So when I got to this point, I guess of a culture changing be getting a little bit older and wiser and realizing like, well, you know, what if I live the rest of my life as a size eight? Am I always going to be upset? Am I always going to want to be a size two? Am I always going to want to spend two hours in a gym every time it like swimsuit season comes up or some bullshit Uh like that? And I realized I don't want to live my life like that. And part of me living my life truthfully because of who I am and because of like the platforms that I have and the things that I do and working as a host and being very vocal about everything. Like I was like, I should do a podcast about this. I should talk about my experiences. I know um, that maybe in a lot of ways, I'm not like a body positive advocate. That's like, I'm not like, you know, someone that you would, I'm probably the person you don't, yeah, I'm probably the person that you don't assume has issues uh, like that. You probably don't assume I had an eating disorder that in college, like I was bulimic. Like you would probably have no idea so I thought, you know what, I'm and that that actually kind of messed me up mentally because I was like, oh, God, I'm not the person to tell the story. Right. Like, am I allowed to talk about this? Right. But I think it's interesting because as women, especially and by the way, like eating disorders and like body positivity with men is also a huge issue that mm-hmm. is not at the forefront that I've actually talked to my husband and like some of his brothers about is like, guys don't talk about this kind of stuff. So I feel like that needs to be the next wave of like you know, culture change, honestly. But, um, but I totally get what you're saying. And I think that, you know, maybe we're talking about it now. But when I was like young, college, high school, whatever. And I remember hearing a statistic about like, one in three women will suffer from an eating disorder or whatever and being like, wow, that's crazy. And then 
as I grew up being like, that's true. That's absolutely true. And I'm so glad that things are shifting because hopefully there's like a lot of prevention happening on the forefront as people like you who are in the spotlight are talking about this kind of stuff really candidly. Yeah. And I think think that also there's this thing about like, you know, the images that we see are so edited and so like procured to be a certain thing that we're you like we're internalizing those images constantly. And the way that culture is changing right now, especially on Instagram, like we're seeing people post differently. We're seeing like I posted a picture of my cellulite. Like, oh, I saw that ass. Yeah. You saw that. I liked it. I like that. Yeah, because actually, this is funny. I haven't even talked about this on my podcast. So I'll tell you guys, I'll overshare. (laughs) I was working uh, with this company. Uh, I was putting together like an influencer like package for like the spring break thing for this company. And basically, there was a swimsuit sponsor that body shamed the influencers that I was like doing this like rollout to. Um, Right. And so they were going to give free swimsuits to everyone. And they offered that. I was like, do you just have like a discount code that they can like order stuff on your website at discount? And they're like, no, I'll send in bikinis. Okay, cool. When they got the list of who the influencers were and they were pretty much all mediums, there was one large, they said no and that their swim is really tiny and sexy, LOL. And yeah, can can you please like, even if you don't say right now, can you tell me after? So I never, so I never buy this brand, please. And thank you. That's terrible. I will tell you guys after for sure. Um, And I was surprised because it was a female founder. And when I when she sent this email to me, I was like, whoa, I was shocked because it's 2021. And I feel like we're all more educated than that. Like, why would you ever put that in writing too? And I remember like getting this email. I was on a Zoom call with my writing partner. We're working on a project and I gasped like that emoji that's like, that was me. And so I was so shocked. I was like, I can't believe this person said this. And so I responded and I was like, this is an interesting perspective for 2021. And, um, you know, if you feel like these influencers do not bring value, these are all women that have like risen to the top of very, very competitive fields. And if that means nothing to you and being a size small, it means more to you then this is probably like, you know, it's not a good opportunity for us to partner on and good luck with your business. But Which, by it, the way, here's the other thing. Even if you are a terrible person, okay, a terrible person who believes these things, do you like making money? Because guess what? Most people in the world are not a size small. So like, mm-hmm. even if you're terrible, do you want to run a successful business? I don't understand it. I don't get it. I think it's... I mean. Like, it's just lunacy. Clearly someone living in the past because I think... Uh, social media has been such the catalyst, I think, for the change in culture because it opened up the like the voice to a bunch of normal people. So it didn't it wasn't only the gatekeepers of like the fashion industry making it. So it's only skinny people and stuff. Now it's like, oh, wow, there are people like me out there when before it was everyone relying on just celebrities that are presented to them. Yeah, absolutely. And when that whole exchange happened, I uh, I posted that image of me from last summer and I didn't edit my butt or my thighs or anything like that. And I posted about it because I wanted to create a dialogue about how swimsuit season is coming up and how we are going to be seeing a lot of images of people in swimsuits and swimwear. And we're going to see brands trying to sell us stuff, brands like the one that I had this experience with. Take a look at their models. Take a look at do they support like health or body positivity at all? Like at all at all. A lot of these brands that sell swimwear do not. 
And to me, I was like, I haven't really thought about that before. And I want to call attention to that 1 million percent. And this is something that I need to probably do a whole episode on. But it just kind of like things like this that just constantly surprise me and like knowing everything that I went through as a person and seeing, you know, the way that things are marketed and sold to women that made me feel like I needed to be a size two always, especially during some suit season, especially if you're going to wear a bikini. And that's the kind of stuff that I want to stop. And that's the kind of stuff that I want to talk about. So. Well, thank you for sharing that. And for the photo, it was super <laughs> hot. Um, my last question before we move on to our final segment is, like, I love food. I love pizza. I actually ate pizza for dinner last night. So like, why the pizza? Where does the pizza come from? Is that just your favorite food? Or do you like the ass you get from pizza? Like, what's the connection? Yeah, so actually, <laughs> the whole, I'm I, really hungry now. I know, right? I want pizza so bad too. Um, the whole thing came from, I actually posted this image on my Instagram maybe like two years ago or something. And it was a picture that I, like my boyfriend at the time took a picture of me and I thought it was hilarious. I was like, let's go get some pizza and let's put it on my butt. Like I'm wearing a bikini, but it's a pizza bikini. <laughs> so we just took this picture and I was like, oh my gosh, this is hilarious. I need to post this and say hot pizza ass. But I, I sat on that picture for months, like for no two months. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> I was super insecure about it. And I felt like I was going to get dragged for posting it and made fun of. And then also, like, it's my body, you know, you, it's like everything's covered. But it's like it would be the same thing as posting like a picture of you wearing a bikini. But I just felt like people are going to make fun of me. And I just realized it was all this like internalized feelings of everything I've been through in my life and all the times where someone told me I wasn't enough or I wasn't small enough. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to post it. So I posted it and I said, I'm a hot pizza ass. I'm choosing to love my body. My body's different every day. And I'm like deciding to love it. And, and I posted this whole thing and it became like my most popular picture on Instagram. I also lost like 200 followers that day. And what? that's so weird. Right. And so it had this and then I archived it like three times. I took it down, put it back up, took it down. I felt so conflicted about it. And it, it received kind of like an interesting response where some people were like, oh, my gosh, I understand how you feel. I feel that way, too. So I, I, I kind of had like I felt like people embraced it, but they also it also made them uncomfortable. And that's, I was like, that's what being a woman today is, you know, yep. being a woman that talks about this stuff like they if I just posted that picture it probably would have been completely different without yeah, what I actually the changed the context. Right. So it's like the second you're like confident woman or you feel good about your body, God forbid, people, well, hate people it. are threatened. They hate it. They want to hate on you. And I was like, this is really interesting. There's something here. And that's why I started the podcast. And that's why it's called Hot Piece of Ass. So it all goes back to that so Instagram photo that you probably can't even see anymore. I probably did archive it like forever. <laughs> That's funny. Send it to us because I want to do it. You should do a reshoot. I should. I actually thought about redoing do it. Like, like one every year. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, that's so funny you said that because I was like, I should just recreate it and like just do like oh, a series of like the pizza brands that I like too because there's a lot of really amazing pizza brands. There's a lot of female led pizza companies Idea. also in Los Angeles. <laughs> You Calendar. know, and it's like, right? That's what I was going to say too. And get all of your favorite pizza asses <gasps> yep, to participate. Yep. And you can and do then pizza. For Christmas, it's like a, a Christmas tree pizza. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, this is amazing. <laughs> Thank no, but you that's guys. what I was thinking too, because I always had this idea back when back in the day, um, before people were talking about the topic of body positivity like at all. And I would see the Sports Illustrated, you know, swimsuit issue come out every year and the photos are so beautiful and the people are so beautiful. And now they have started like definitely starting to have models who are not all like the smallest people you've ever seen in your life, you know, like Mm -hmm. the most also still the most gorgeous human beings you've ever seen in your life. But I always thought it would be really cool to do like a calendar that was totally untouched and like just normal human beings. So I feel like that is you, Erin. You got to do that with but with the butt, only butts, like butt of the month. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay this is a really good idea all right i might have to circle back and see if you guys want to be models for the hot Absolutely. pizza ass calendar oh my gosh. Buddy, we did used to do some pizza modeling at clever <laughs> good good oh I, I only want to work with experienced people people that have worked okay, with pizza we before would be in our like award show outfits and we're like well our makeup's done and we have pizza so um <laughs> guess that's what our photo shoot is and if we can eat the pizza after i'm in that's the i'm main so thing. hungry we need to see yes. <laughs> Um, okay, well, let's move into the last segment. What do you guys say? Are you ready? Yeah. So long, farewell. I hate us so much more now. Okay, so Aaron, for this final segment, it's share well, where we say goodbye while sharing something that brought us joy. In the previous week, it can be big or small, whatever you choose. Um, but what brought us joy this week? Lil, why don't you kick us off? Because I know you have a, a prop, correct? Yes. Well, yes. um, I believe it is on United that they used to have the waffle cookies. Ooh, yes. Those and cookies are bomb. They're like waffles with like caramel. They're like, like with sandwich with caramel in them. And they're so good. And I remember for a while they were, were like supposedly discontinued, I think. But they came back. Long story short, I was at CVS the other day. They had mini Oh my gosh. Those are so, so good. Erin, have you ever had these? Yes, they are so good. And you put them on your like coffee and it like steams it up and it's supposed to melt the caramel. Yes. They are pretty good. I'm actually kind of chocolate. I'm actually kind of jealous of you right now. Um, What about you, (laughs) Erin? What brought you joy this week? (laughs) Okay, so I don't eat meat and I'm very sensitive to dairy. Okay. Okay. But I feel like for a long time, vegan ice cream has gotten like a really bad rap because a lot of it was like ice. It was like diet ice cream. Right. Okay. But I just want to see vegan ice cream has really upped its game. And I yes, I got some from salt and straw that was (gasps) a lemon. Like I think it was lemon cheesecake, but it was like a lemon poppy seed, I think cheesecake. And it was so good. I ordered one vegan and one non-vegan a different flavor and I was just kind of like let's just compare and contrast and the vegan one was better than the regular so if anyone has been sleeping on this I just want to say check out a place support a small business in your neighborhood or your community that makes vegan ice cream give it another shot salt and straw (laughs) for those of you guys who don't have one in your local city is like the most amazing artisanal ice cream experience. Like they have artisanal flavors. Artisanal is the perfect way to describe yeah. it. <laughs> they have flavors that you go in and you're like, that is weird. Like lavender and bacon. Like, are you serious? Yeah. And you're like, to be honest, Actually, I, can I, I have don't, a pint? <laughs> I don't go there because it's too sophisticated for me. <laughs> and I will too also artisanal. say that 
There's one right across the street from um, our house, essentially. And I went there recently and um, took my niece. She's three. And she got like a scoop of ice cream. And when we were leaving, we only, we had cash. We were going to go pay. And they were like, oh, I'm so sorry. We just stopped taking cash. We only do cards. And we were like, oh, my gosh, we're so sorry. We just brought cash, like five bucks or whatever to pay for her little ice cream. And they're like, that's fine. Just take it. It's on the house. Oh. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you have my business for life. Also, did you know that they make candles that smell like ice cream? No, they do. I'm going to one up <laughs> yes. you. Yes. Do you know I love Lisa candles. <laughs> also found at CVS. Actually, I think when we bought the mini strip waffles, they have hostess candles. In what? A twi- Twinkie scent. Lisa bought one. I don't know. I she hasn't told me if she's used it yet. But um, there's Twinkie. There's um, apple pie. I believe there was a few options. Wow, Ooh. that's amazing. Hi, brow. Um, apple well, pie. I, I feel like we should just keep it in the food category because, like, <laughs> honestly, I would say at least fifty percent of the things I share on this show in this segment are food related because food. I'm is like life. so tempted to keep eating, but I know that I can't keep chewing into the microphone. <laughs> um. <laughs> So last weekend, it was Chris's birthday like a month ago, but my family believes in like birthday months. Like we like to go hard. And during quarantine, (laughs) really like the only people we've been seeing in person are our immediate families, which like, thank God, like I like and love my family because otherwise I would be like so bored. So I'm so glad I have these people. (laughs) Anyways, my parents wanted to throw Chris a party and I was like, well, what do you want to eat? And by party, I mean like, to seven people, our immediate family. Um, so my mom ended up throwing him a birthday party. She like decorated and everything. Okay. She made a sign and spelled all the words incorrectly, which was hilarious, but it was pizza and burrito themed. So we started the party Sounds off like a with great party. pizza appetizers. There's like a local pizza shop. My mom had pizzas delivered. We all ate pizza. Then we moved on to, um, a fresh ceviche course where where we just ate a bunch of ceviche, which we love Mexican food. And then we moved on to the burrito course and then finished it off with more cheese, a cheesecake. And it Mm. was so fun. I just think food brings us so much joy. So anywho, that's Um, what brought me joy this week. It's funny. Someone just tweeted me this. I'm seeing it on my screen. It was flashing. And um, it's a gif of Lisa sent me this actually this morning too. Pepsi uh, is coming out. I don't think it's out yet. With a Peeps soda. What? Oh my god! I would buy the shit out of that. Wow! Peeps is one of my favorite things. Oh, last year I did like a whole P. I did two videos where I tested all the Peeps flavors. I don't even really like normal Peeps that much, so I don't know why I went on that journey. But it was a rough one. Let me tell you. Oh Melissa, my God. our producer Melissa just That's put into our group chat that it's going to be called Peepsy instead Lisa, of Pepsi. It's, it's not though. Lisa said that that's why people are mad. They're like, "Why would you miss this opportunity?" That's hilarious. Peeps. Oh my gosh. Well, Aaron, when this is all like calming down a little more, I would love to see you in real life. It's been so fun to just see all of your success over the years, and you're just like paving the way and so inspiring for so many people and also making us laugh, which is like a hard combination platter to do successfully, but you make it look easy. I'm just curious for you to let the people listening know where they can follow you because you have a lot of different handles happening here. And I want to make sure that they can find you on all the things. 
Yeah, on Twitter, Erin A. Darling, Instagram, Darling with four H's or <laughs> A Hot Pizza Ass if you're interested in that IG. Uh, my podcast is Hot Pizza Ass Podcast with Erin Darling Taralva. And on TikTok, you can find me at It's Conspiracy Seriously. And before I go, I do want to say I could say the exact same thing about you two. I'm so proud of you <laughs> and your journey. You've both exhibited so much like bravery and so much love and fun, which is so important and so crucial, especially in a pandemic. So thank you guys both for everything that you're doing and the content you're creating. Oh, uh, <laughs> now you have you. to go because we're all crying. I would say that our makeup is messed up, but like, let's be real. I'm not wearing mascara <laughs> and I haven't in like a year. So, with that, I'm you guys. dehydrated to cry. <laughs> <laughs> with that, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. If you're watching on YouTube and if you're new to the podcast, please subscribe, rate us five stars, leave a review so that more people can be a part of this party and find us. And with that, my friends, this episode of Overshare is over. Goodbye. Thank you for being here today. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.